Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for today's episode that is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. As I have been for the last few weeks, I'm joined by a good friend of the show, good friend of mine, host in the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. Justin, what a day it has been. The Brewers. I don't know what they did, but they, they kind of stumbled their way into the postseason. We've just wrapped up watching the Packers win. Wisconsin sports are back. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it could be back in a number of reasons where the Brewers uh, moonwalk into the playoffs, yeah. the Packers with the impressive win today over the Saints, and uh, now the Heat are headed to the finals. So Wisconsin sports are very much back where there's a chance two years in a row we can say, well, at least the Bucks lost to the NBA champions. No, it's true. I think all around it was a, a pretty positive day in sports. And uh, listen, I, I tweeted it out, but the Brewers finish below 500. They're in the eighth seed and they make the playoffs. It's like the Bucks. It's like the Bucks that we know and love. This is the Bucks that we watched from the mid 2000s through to a couple of years ago, just uh, dying to get that eighth seed, even though they finished below 500. It's the absolute perfect, uh, perfect season, perfect Bucks season. Uh, from the Brewers, when you think about the eighth seed Bucks, uh, this just came to my mind right now. Is there a player in particular that you think about? Is there a player that comes to your mind straight away for any of the eighth seed Bucks? Yeah, just though, and you know, whatever they don't have to be wow. the eighth, eighth seed Bucks. Let's just say the mediocre Bucks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if I had to pare it down to one, that would that would be tough. I mean. Um, uh, so the tough part is, I think the the Bucks team that was most endearing to all of us, I would separate from that yeah, in the, yeah. the the original Fear of the Deer team from what 2010. Um, but you know, there were some carryovers like Carlos Delfino I would put in there, uh, Luke Mbamute I would put in that list that you're talking about, and I mean Brandon Jennings is captain of that uh, club. But uh, yeah, Tobias Harris I guess we could yeah. throw in there, even though he was traded before that uh, playoff run. But uh, I mean, so now if, if you're the Brewers, we need what Keston Hira probably to give us a quote and say it's for the culture. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I finished the tweet off and said Brewers in six. And then I had a bunch of uh, people on Twitter that uh, I don't think are Bucks fans, but they're Brewers fans, but they must have just come across the tweet and they're t- trying to tell me it's a three game series, man. It's a three game series. How can they win in six? What do you want about? And it's like, okay, just relax. Okay. It's a Bucks, it's a Bucks saying. It's just, uh, I understand it's a three-game series. Everyone just take a deep breath, okay? Crew in two. If you want to go with that, you can go with that. The player I think about is Monte Alice, and it's not in a positive light. But I, I, just, th- I, I just think about Monte and sitting down, getting myself ready to watch a Bucks game, sitting down on the couch and saying, well, I know I'm going to get 20 points out of Monte today. I know he's probably going to take 23 shots, and it's going to be especially brutal. But here I am. I'm putting myself through it again. I'm ready to go. You know, um, for some reason, it's 
I'm trying to think of the year, probably 03, 04 in that uh, window. I mean, those, the, the Bucks teams from after the run to the Eastern Conference Finals to probably around 2007 or so, for some reason, um, are very fond <laughs> to me. <laughs> that where they just st- sit in my memory for quite a while. I mean, the era where we went super huge and you had the Jamal McGlure trade. But I remember – um, you know, uh, Mo Williams, when the Bucks signed him, is basically an unknown. Eric Strickland, I remember being very high on in the way that he played Daniel Santiago and some of the big games that he had. So, uh, yeah, the more that you hearken back to this and think about some of those names that we're mentioning, Dan Gadzarich, um, for as, as, as uh, disappointing and sad as it was to see the season end, you remember what it was like where we're getting excited for, hey, Eric Strickland looked pretty good and scored 10 <laughs> points today. Well, you're right. And one of the things that I always say about sports is if you're a fan of a team, and generally this happens when the team's not very good, so maybe it's a little bit different now, but year after year after year, you do talk yourself into certain players being able to either take that step or already in your head being better than what they actually are. And there's just so many players. I mean, to go back and think about all the players that played for the Bucks during that stretch, uh, another guy that was funny, I was doing a NBA uh, trivia thing. This was going back a couple months ago. So this was actually before the uh, season restart. And one of the questions that we had to do, or one of the games we were playing was basically it was me and another guy. And we had to just go name after name after name until someone dropped off and it was there was a bunch of different um, questions that were you know thrown at you and you just had to name like say uh, all stars in the 80s or whatever and you had to go uh, back and forth with players all stars in the 80s but the question that we got in one of these was players that have had more than 20 assists in an NBA game and so uh, we were going going we were going through all the usuals you know all all the guys you would figure would have had 20 assists uh, you know, Oscar Robertson Russell Westbrook all these guys and then uh, we were starting to really slow down and then I threw out a Ramon Sessions and and everyone that was in the we just started cracking up laughing and they couldn't believe I pulled this out but Ramon Sessions another another Bucks name had a couple of stints and just uh, he, he went through one stretch in particular where he was just putting up monster numbers. I, if if we did that game just with listeners of the podcast, I mean, it would probably go on for hours if the category was name oh, a player who didn't average 15 points in a season. Oh, it, it would be unbelievable. And the good thing about the <laughs> listeners, every time we talk about something like this, they'll throw in, you know, on Twitter or whatever it may be, they'll throw in their favorite role players or uh, just inconspicuous names that have played for the Bucks in years gone by, and you always forget them. And it, it always makes me laugh when I'm reminded of uh, some of the players that did uh, spend some time with the franchise over the years. But nonetheless, shout out to the Brewers. Uh, it doesn't really matter how you make it. It's a three-game series. No one wants the Dodgers to win anyway. So uh, I'll be watching. I'll be supporting. I'm an A's fan. We've got the White Sox, so uh, uh, I'm excited for that. But uh, a weird baseball season. The postseason's already here. It's very, very strange. And as for the Packers, they just look uh, very, very good. They just look great. And my team, the Texans, sucks. So that's uh, fine. I'm happy to, I'm happy to support the, uh, the, the Packers. But as far as this podcast goes, you already did touch on the fact that Miami are through to the NBA Finals. Uh, they will take on the Lakers. And I wanted to talk about Giannis today, and I wanted to talk about LeBron because this came uh, from LeBron uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago now as people are listening to the podcast to close out the Nuggets in a game where Denver just would not go away 
And LeBron went to the jump shot package. And it was remarkable to see him do this. He was really struggling from the outside, really since the season restarted, particularly from three. But he hit a series of mid-range jump shots, hit a straightaway three that was really the dagger in this game. And it's, it's quite remarkable to see LeBron close out a game, close out a series like this. I know there's a lot of talk about his age, but the, the reality is for him to do that in the postseason uh, is crazy. And it's got to the point where I'm like, is this guy ever going to go away? Or is he just going to be doing this in the postseason for another five, six years? Uh, never going to go away. That, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. it certainly seems like that. And, you know, as you watch the game uh, yesterday or whenever this is you're listening to, when you watch the Lakers close it out, um, it just felt like the whole LeBron factor that, okay, he's not going to let the Lakers lose this game because when you have LeBron there and a guy that's been the finals nine, now 10 times and been through some of those matchups, you understand the importance of closing out. And so if you were a Lakers fan, you felt confident in that because look, as much as we like to joke about Denver having them right where they want them, if the Nuggets would have won that game, and force the game six, and all of a sudden they come back from down 3-1, and they come back from down 3-1, and now it's 3-2, it gets really interesting. So for a guy that's been through it all, and we mentioned the trips to the finals that he's done, uh, I thought that was really on display the most, that he was the closer, and he wasn't about to let his team uh, give up that chance and extend the series. He understands the importance of, you know, we, we often joke about the Bucks playing with their food about not doing that, and that's exactly what you saw. Um, and it's just been amazing to watch him not only this year, but the playoffs, especially where it feels like we've seen, you know, a handful of different versions of LeBron that you touched on. He was the closer. He, he had his jump shot, as you mentioned, where we saw shooting LeBron in uh, game five of that series throughout the, the playoffs throughout this season. We've seen LeBron, the facilitator. We've seen LeBron, um, his offense with the old man offense this year and some of the post-ups. So he's just given you, a peek at everything that he has in the bag now. And look, it, it's, I understand his uh, being upset with not winning the MVP, but it's like you and I talked about a week or so ago. That's not what the award is basically that I don't think anybody's disputing LeBron James is the best player in the league, which at this age and 17 years in the league is just remarkable to say. And that's, you know, unfortunately not what the MVP award is anymore. All right, Justin, let's talk about DoorDash. I hit up DoorDash last night, actually, so this is pretty perfect timing. It was Sunday night. I didn't know what to eat. I didn't want to cook. I couldn't be bothered. I'd been doing some work all day. So I I wanted a burger. There's this place uh, just down the road from me. It's called Burger Plus. Uh, My friends arguably say it's the best burger in Geelong, but I always push back on people that say that it's the best in a certain area. I just... I don't know. I don't like people saying that. But long story short, DoorDash sorted me out. I didn't have to do anything. I jumped straight on the app. Contactless delivery. It was absolutely perfect. Because right now, we've counted on restaurants before. Now they are counting on us. And while their dining rooms may have been closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food that you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting that I just spoke about with over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and obviously Australia. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. 
Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. It's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Just download the app, use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Absolutely. And again, they got the MVP right. So this is not that conversation that we're having here, but watching him close out the series. And I, I, you know, I couldn't help but think about Giannis as I was watching LeBron finish this game and even just LeBron play through this series because he did shut, shut the door on the Nuggets. There's no doubt about that in game five. But in the previous games, it was Anthony Davis that really carried the load. Now, this makes a lot of sense that Davis would do that because... LeBron has at times looked a little bit fatigued, and I think that that is the sign of the age starting to show. But again, in a one-off game where you need him to deliver in the fourth quarter, you do trust LeBron to do that. I think the big thing that I I saw when I looked at LeBron throughout the entire series, though, is his ability to not only attack, but attack in ways that are a little bit diversified compared to just running through someone and dunking the ball, which is what Giannis is able to do against 26 of the teams and at times has struggled for the same efficiency in the postseason for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, the whistle changes a little bit and he's not getting the same foul calls that he gets during uh, the regular season against poor teams. And the other thing is just the, the number of bodies that are around. And we spoke about the roster limitations that the Bucks have had in terms of other guys putting the defense under pressure. So when I look at LeBron and the way he attacks, he'll throw down the odd transition dunk from time to time now. But I think the thing that he's been able to do, and this isn't just something that's been in the last few years, but this has been really throughout his whole career is that at times he can put his shoulder down and he'll get to the hoop. But the other thing he does is he's got a soft touch around the basket and he's got different looks that he can get. So he can get to his spot, then he can chuck up a little floater. He can uh, uh, use a finger roll if he needs to. And he's got soft touch. And this is something that we spoke about with Giannis because a lot of people always speak about, uh, why hasn't he developed a hook shot? Why hasn't he got more post moves? Oftentimes Giannis can actually get to a spot where he could do something other than a layup or a dunk, but he hasn't really got great touch around the basket. And I think, you know, that would be something that I would love to see him develop. And, you know, you either have it or you don't. Like, I'm not sure if this is something that he's going to learn uh, and bring into his game. I always say that I would never doubt Giannis in bringing anything into his game from what we've seen over the first seven years. But just that soft touch that LeBron has not only allows him to score in different ways, but he protects his body and also uh, avoids those offensive foul calls. Yeah, and you know it's uh, we've talked about it with Giannis, especially the first five years of his career, where we talked about um, the the numbers and not just offensive, but seemingly every statistical category going up from year to year to year in the league. And uh, as you just said too, that you know he's a guy that you're you're going to bet on to continue to add to the bag. And we've seen from him uh, going to work on certain aspects of the game every off season. And you know last year that emphasis was on the jump shot. And, you know, I think we all know it, it, it needs to continue to be there. And I know uh, you just mentioned it, and Frank has talked about it too, of whether or not he can add, uh, even if it's a baby hook, just something in the mid-range. And that's what just – I don't think we can say enough about what LeBron James has done throughout these 17 years, that that's what really amazes me the most is 
you know, it's on par with what Michael Jordan did, where you think about the same thing. When, when MJ came into the league, he was a scorer, but then you saw how refined his offense was as he progressed through the league with that mid-range game and everything else that he picked and adding the three-point shot too. And, you know, you've heard guys like Steve Kerr and everybody else that played with him saying, look, uh, you can point to his shooting percentage from three, but the three-point shot wasn't big when, when Michael played. If he did, Michael Jordan – would have been among the league leaders in three-point shooting. They would have driven himself that much. That's what LeBron has done throughout his career. We think about um, where he was in terms of three-point shooter when he came in. I think he's still around 35%, but when he came in as a rookie, it was around 30% or lower. And you thought about, similar to Giannis, that it was just he was bigger than everybody else and he would bowl his way to the basket. Uh, it was uh, what the – I don't remember what year. It was either his third or fourth year – in Miami, so either, what, 12 or 13, when he started out the season and at least through three quarters of the season, he was shooting almost 70% from the floor where it was in the 60%. And he finished the season close to shooting 60% where it was like he seemingly said, okay, I'm just going to add this mid-range game and I'm going to be much more efficient this year. This year it was, we talked about it with the assists where he was the facilitator that we've seen through 17 years, all these things that LeBron has added to the bag. And that's why he's the best player in the league. And that's why we continue to say, look, uh, Giannis is great, but he needs to continue to do things like this because think about the, what that enables, not just LeBron, but his entire team to do where we saw, um, you know, what the Lakers offense looked like this year with him as the facilitator, what it looked like last year with LeBron as the scorer. And he's just able to be a chameleon and do all these things in different ways for the offense and make it look so different on a nightly basis that, you know, it's, it's amazing. And we haven't seen anything like him since Michael Jordan. The other thing when I think about this for Giannis is just his health and, I do think, and you sort of touched on it, I do think that a lot of the changes that he's that LeBron has had to make throughout the course of his career that has enabled him to play uh, to the level he still is at his age is he's learned how to protect his body. Yeah, part of that has been through cruising through the regular season. And yes, that came after he has championships. So this is still a fair way off for Giannis. I, I don't expect, and he doesn't have it in him. Um, you know, when you listen to him speak, when you get a chance to speak to him and hear him talk about the regular season, I mean, this guy wants to win 82 games. So he's still in that mindset right now. He hasn't won a championship, but he can protect his body in different ways. And I think that that's why uh, we've always spoke about him, you know, whether it is a mid- mid-range game, whether it is actually extending out to the three-point line and shooting those shots. It's just looking after his body as well. He plays such a, a brutal brand of basketball that, it's okay now. He's 25. He's been in the league for seven years. He's got plenty of years of his physical prime still left ahead of him. But he does put his body in scary situations. And he might not feel that way. But I know I certainly do. When I'm watching him at times, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is just, this is just a lot. This is just a lot right now. We've seen him go down with his ankle multiple times. It ultimately got the best of him. In, in the postseason, but we've seen it over the years and he's shown this incredible ability to be able to get up and bounce back. But I would like to see uh, moving forward. And yes, as he does continue to get older and he's got a long way to go. I'm not saying he's old, but there will come a time where he has to find a way to look after his body, um, particularly through the grind of the regular season to make sure that he is in the best of shape um, come playoff time. And I think that that with those different shots, and those different moves that LeBron can go to, that's also been a part of that. He's been able to protect his body from uh, ending up on the floor every single time he goes to the basket, which we oftentimes see with Giannis. 
Well, and I don't disagree, but the amazing thing is it seems like, as you said, we've seen him suffer these various ankle ailments and he plays a style very much conducive to racking up a lot of wear and tear and missing time. Uh, last year, I know he missed 10 games, but you know, at least half of those were rest related. And this year, I don't remember just because the season's been so weird. What, what the actual tally of games they played, it was either 73 or 74. So we missed around 10 games this year too. But when you look through the rest of his um, career, it's basically just been a handful of games, two or so. Um, and he missed uh, seven games the year before Bud arrived. So um, he's been extremely durable where, you know, for all the things that we've seen and for all the instances we've seen where you kind of hold your breath and uh, it, it's, it's like you'll see Giannis go down and then immediately he just pops back up. But there's going to come a time where whether it's father time that catches up with you or just bad luck, that's not going to be the case. So uh, to that point, I, I, I agree and I think it's important that um, it's probably the biggest reason why we've seen the progression and all the different things that LeBron and any other player as they get older has added. And, you know, Giannis now seven years into the league that uh, this was the point where uh, LeBron was joining the Miami Heat for his eighth season and becoming, you know, a fixture in the finals. So this is where we really started to see that change in LeBron where um, he started to look at things as a whole and everything was done for the postseason. So it's going to be interesting now to see if any of that gets adopted by Giannis. And we see some of these subtle changes moving into this next season. Quick note now about our friends over at Built Bar sponsoring the show today. And I got to give a shout out to Built Bar. I just got a little delivery just seconds before recording this podcast. They've got an exciting new product on the go. I'm going to get to that later in the week. But for today, we're talking about the new and improved Built Bar. They have six amazing new flavors that include caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and they also have the 12 original flavors that include orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter, brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for those on the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. The crazy thing is that you speak about the fact that he hasn't missed a lot of games. If he hadn't of, or if the season hadn't have been suspended back in March, he was potentially on track to miss his third game in a row with that knee injury uh, against the Celtics if the season wasn't shut down. Uh, He's never missed three games in a row. Yeah. Which is just... Well, and I don't know, um, I don't remember, I I feel like we talked about it. I don't remember if we did or not, but uh, I was of the mindset just based off everything that what we saw with that injury and everything that we had heard and the way that they handled it to me, it felt like he was going to miss a couple weeks that, you know, the bucks probably caught a break with that, with the season getting paused where we talk about the bucks being one of the teams that was hurt the most. And yeah, there are things you can point to, but I think it's pretty safe to assume we knew he was going to miss that Celtics game, but he was going to miss more than that. I think it's safe to assume. So they probably caught a break there too, where he, you know, potentially could have been out into April. Who knows? And then you know, who knows what he's going to be at in terms of his health as you move into the playoffs. Ultimately, the Bucs really caught a break that that wasn't a, a, 
extended, extended, serious knee injury. But the knees are what I'm worried about. And maybe that's just me being a little bit oversensitive. Obviously, I've got a history with knee injuries, but also, you know, the ankles as well. I mean, when you're putting your feet in the spaces that he does, taking the strides that he does, uh, and the contact at the same time as moving the way he does, maybe I'm just a little bit uh, over-anxious about his health. But uh, again, I, I just would like to see him in some situations, particularly during the regular season, just just look after himself a little bit. We want him uh, to, to be playing MVP caliber basketball for the Bucks for a long, long time. The, the interesting thing is when you talk about the development that he's had, and we, we always talk about this, like, will he add this? Will he add that? You do have to remind yourself sometimes that the guy is only 25 years old and his developmental curve is a little bit different to your general NBA player. And while we're looking at someone like LeBron, it's very different to the path that LeBron James has yeah. taken. Yeah, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison to to look at where Giannis came as an 18-year-old and the competition he was going up against uh, in Greece to LeBron basically being groomed for the NBA and, um, you know, uh, already being much more polished at that age than Giannis was. And uh, just to go back to what you said before, so we have both bases covered here where you're uh, pretty partial to the knees. I, as somebody who has broken his ankle, cannot watch any ankle injuries yeah. and am always very, very partial to that and squeamish to that. It's why it made Giannis's ankle injury against the Heat even more painful. Do you watch replays of knee injuries? Um, I do, but I think I just... Um, so if, if anyone doesn't know, I've told my ACL three times. So I, I understand the mechanism of how that injury can occur, what looks like a serious knee injury. So I definitely, I find myself um, perhaps being uh, overly uh, anxious about anyone that goes down holding their knee, waiting for the replay to see uh, what happened or what was the, the action or the movement the, that the knee had, if any at all. So it's just one of those things. When you have a serious injury like that, you do become oversensitive to seeing other people in a similar situation. Yeah, I, uh, I make a point to not watch anything yeah. that is ankle related. As soon as you hear he's, he's grabbing his lower leg, like, nope. Not watching. Um, But yeah, I mean, everybody is going to it. It feels like everybody is going to point to uh, that this year that I guess you're probably going to point to Giannis's long-term future in Milwaukee. But the other thing that that they're going to mention is uh, that year seven for LeBron, as we just said, and that's when we spent seven seasons in, in Cleveland, then joined the heat. And then he was, you know, in the finals. I know he had one finals appearance before that, but then it was off to the races for him. And Michael Jordan, the same comparison being made. So you're going to talk about Giannis. Well, seven years in the league. And, you know, this eighth year, this is when we started to see other guys really take off and they were reaching the finals or winning championships. Uh, but it, it, it is tough because, um, you know, on the one hand, we've seen what Giannis does, the work that he puts in each offseason, and just how much he has uh, cultivated his game on his own and how much he has grown there. But as you said, I mean, it's, it's not like we're talking about a highly touted top prospect that was playing against some of the top competition and, you know, was kind of on the path to that where, yeah, Giannis is at the same age and at that same year in the league as, as what we point to for LeBron in that case. But it's nowhere close to comparable for what LeBron went through, not only through those seven years in the league, uh, but what LeBron went through and what the, you know, obviously the four years of high school and even before that, the two years leading into high school where, you know, it was clear this is the next guy and his games were broadcast high school games nationally and the levels of competition that he was going up against in the AAU games 
none of that is anything that Giannis experienced. So all of this is still you know, very much new to him. I do think that it's a little bit unfair that we're doing this podcast and we're trying to compare Giannis to LeBron. But the reality is when you win two MVPs, when you're a defensive player of the year, when you're an all-star four out of your first seven uh, seasons in the league, those are the types of players that you compare yourself to. Now, again, is it a little bit unfair because you're talking about arguably the greatest ever player of the games, close to Michael Jordan, whatever side of the fence you sit on there? Um, yeah, it's probably unfair. And, and saying that and putting the expectation on Giannis that he's going to be able to live up to what LeBron James has done. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's in his 10th friggin' NBA finals right now. But the important thing to note here is when you look at the career trajectory, and this, again, is something I've spoke about, about the fact that I, I get really mad at the general media and everyone saying that people are winners or they're not this or they're not that well before they've even reached their physical prime and their prime of their uh, NBA career. We've seen it with guys like Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell and they've come out and everyone's like, oh, maybe they are a good player. And it's like, yeah, well, no shit. They're 23 years old. Why don't you give them a chance uh, to work into their career? But at at the end of their 25-year-old season, so it was year seven for LeBron as well, he just picked up his second MVP, same as Giannis. LeBron had been a six-time All-Star compared to Giannis, only four. But Giannis has won a Defensive Player of the Year. They're both unbelievable talents at this point in their career. Now, LeBron moved on to Miami, and that's when the championship started to come. So this is where it gets interesting for Giannis. As you said, a lot of players uh, have success after that original contract or after that second, uh, the rookie-scale contract extension, I should say. And a reason for that is because uh, a lot of times, particularly in modern basketball, players will start to move around a little bit. And uh, particularly in the modern-day basketball, they'll team up with this player and team up with this player here. Now, LeBron, obviously a fantastic player. Do I think he probably would have found a way to win a championship regardless? Absolutely, because he's just that damn good. They would have been able to attract the players that have come there. But the point is, you can't win by yourself. So where Giannis is is at right now is just a really fascinating point in his career because what the Bucs do with the rest of the roster and what they can put around him moving forward, because let's be honest, players' legacies are are built around by franchises and the players that are there with them. It's just just the way it is. Not one player can win an NBA championship in the league this year. I think about LeBron and think about the Ray Allen shot that that helped him to win a title. Uh, I, I think about even something as, as um, big as the Anthony Davis shot earlier in the series uh, here that helped the Lakers uh, take a two-zip lead. It would have been 1-1. Ultimately, maybe they would have fallen behind in that series. I mean, it's about the other guys. And that's why we've spent so much time talking about the rest of the Bucks roster. But when it comes down to it, where they're at at the end of their seventh season at age 25, what they've been able to do individually and the path they've been taking to start to make their way into playoff uh, contention and to be a playoff performer is very similar. And yeah, and LeBron, going back to those 2010 playoffs, again, at the very same age as what Giannis is at, he was eliminated in the second round and in game five and six of this series that the Cavs lost to the Boston Celtics, LeBron was a combined 11 for 35. So everyone goes through this. This was a story early in LeBron's career that he couldn't get the job done in the postseason. He then went to the finals and lost the year after. And the question and the, all the comments were that he couldn't finish. Everything that we're hearing about with Giannis as well. But that happens when you're a great player. And that's why Giannis is compared to LeBron in these situations. Yeah, and I would add this too, that um, it, 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 it's almost eerily similar when you look at um, 
LeBron's first seven years in the league with the Cavs and these seven years that Giannis has spent with the Bucs, I don't think it's even disputable that at least the last two years, the talent here in Milwaukee is much better than the talent that was surrounding LeBron for those seven years in Cleveland. And somehow LeBron still dragged that team to the finals when his best running mate was Zadrunas (laughs) Ilgowskis. And as great as LeBron is, uh, the, the, the real success came when it was him and another superstar and another star in Miami and obviously what he's doing now uh, in Cleveland too, we should say with Kyrie Irving and what he's doing now with Anthony Davis in Los Angeles. And it just goes to show you, I think you and I talked about this um, earlier this, well, what, a couple of weeks or a week or so ago when uh, Anthony Davis hit that big shot in, in what game two against the Nuggets where look, this is the exact reason why, you know, you look at teams like Boston and some of the younger teams in just the treasure trove of assets that you acquire and build up. And it seems like everybody just rules over that and thinks, man, look at the draft picks and look at the young players they have. And that is good. But this is the reason why you go out and you turn those into superstars because, um, you know, a, a, a draft pick, a future pick isn't out there on the floor hitting a big shot like that. And Anthony Davis does that. So, you do need stars, and it's not just a superstar. You need stars around that player. I still think Chris is obviously one of those guys, and you just need to find other guys to support Chris and Giannis. But, um, you know, as we touched on, there are some things and some aspects to the game that Giannis needs to continue to tweak and add to the bag, if you will. But a lot of this, too, is on the organization and some of the moves that they need to make because – for as much as a lot of times the comparison is there for LeBron and Giannis in these seven years, you do get dangerously close to, you know, let's say Steve Nash and make that comparison where if you look at that, that's another one that's eerily similar outside of the fact that Steve was obviously older. I think he was 30 when he won his first MVP and it was in year nine versus seven and what, 25 for Giannis. Um, so he's a little older in that regard and had been in the league a little bit longer But if you think back at it, two years in a row that Steve Nash wins the MVP, it was a Phoenix team that had one of the best records in the league for a couple of years in a row. Mike D'Antoni comes in and rejuvenates the Suns in the seven seconds or less offense. And you you looked at some of the pieces around Steve Nash. You had good players like Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion, and you had a lot of shooters in there. But when it boiled down to it in the postseason, some of those guys shrunk, and it just seemed like, well, these are the best guys you have around Steve Nash. And it, it almost became an afterthought for a little bit where you think back, oh, yeah, that's right. Steve Nash won two MVPs. But, you know, think of the guys he had with him in Phoenix. If you can't get any other stars here in Milwaukee, and if you can't get any other guys that fit this system even more than what you have now, you run the risk of that happening, where we're going to think back and say, well, Giannis won two MVPs in a row, but think back to some of those Bucks teams. Yeah, you had Chris Middleton, but once you got to the playoffs outside of that, it was kind of gimmicky. And, you know, right now you're at the risk of it feeling a lot like and ultimately being like that and what we saw happen in Phoenix. I think he's at a crossroads, and I say he as in Giannis, just in terms of the decisions that he will make for his own career over the next year or two. So uh, he can go down a couple of different paths here. And this is irrespective of whether or not he signs an extension Uh, of any length in the coming uh, months here to stay in Milwaukee. At some point, he'll get to a a place where he'll say, regardless of what's going on here, even if I don't necessarily 
uh, or I'm not necessarily happy with some of the decisions that have been made over the course of my time in Milwaukee, uh, I want to stay here because this is where I want to play basketball. I want to be the guy and I want to bring a championship to Milwaukee. Or he'll decide that I don't think that this is going anywhere. I don't like the direction of the franchise. I don't like the moves that have been made. I'm going to go elsewhere and I'm going to be one of a number of superstars. Now, maybe the Bucs can get to a point where they bring in a, a second all M- when I say all NBA player, uh, like top 15 player in the league, like maybe the Bucks find themselves in a position where they can do that at some point down in the future. I don't even know how that would happen, but maybe that would happen. And he ends up being a one a, and there's a one B on the team that are both on similar level, uh, similar levels. I'm not sure if that will be the case or he'll go elsewhere and he'll team up with, with other players as we spoke about. That's not the, the path that anyone wants to imagine happening, but it's certainly a scenario that's on the table. So for mine, he can go down the LeBron path. And again, this is not to knock LeBron, but that's just what he did. He went down the path where he teamed up with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and won a bunch of titles, or a couple of titles, then went back to Cleveland and really uh, got that one with Kyrie uh, and Kevin Love. But the other option is he can go down the Dirk path and he can say, listen, I'm staying here. This is my team. This is my city. I've been here since I was drafted. And eventually Dirk got the payoff of the title that everyone, I think, that follows basketball, that cares about basketball in, in any way, was just so happy to see Dirk uh, be that guy that was there the whole time, have the ups and downs, have the playoff disappointments, including that, that series against the Warriors. Uh, when was that? 2007, 2008 as the number one seed. Eight, I think, yeah. Plenty of disappointments, but he ultimately got the payoff and won the title. And my, my sense is, and this could change, obviously, my sense is that Giannis is a guy that's like that. He's stubborn. And he's going to want to ride it out. And he's going to want to bring a title here. And until he does so, I don't feel like he will be satisfied. That's just my feelings. But they, they're the options he has. That's, that's the part of his career where he's at now. The Dirk path and uh, the Damian Lillard path too, I guess. Because yeah, sure. you, know, you, you said LeBron, but if we're being honest, and this isn't to scare Bucks fans, it's most stars. that That's just what happens in this league is you team up with other stars. And it's really... You know, in terms of recent years, Damian Lillard is the only guy I can think of or we haven't really seen that happen. Um, You know, we started talking about the finals or at least mentioning that it's the Heat and Lakers. This is – it's going to be interesting for a number of reasons. I think it it reached the finals. Part of me is glad that it's not Miami-Denver because not just the Bucs but any other team in the league that didn't reach the heights that they were hoping for, if that's your finals matchup, I think right or wrong – you would, have, you would have been much more apt to, to point to, well, look, the Heat and Nuggets were your finals matchup. So it was the bubble. It was just a weird year. Maybe not as much change as we initially thought needs to happen that this is just what happened in the league. So you don't have to worry about that. But if Miami wins for as much as you can point to and say, well, Miami was just built for the bubble and you know this whole summer was strange. Sure, part of that is a factor. But if Miami wins, I do wonder – how that affects the league going forward in some of these superstar team-ups and you look at what Miami did where the blueprint for them was great coach and just find guys that fit. And I know a lot of comparisons are already going to be made to that Pistons team that won uh, upsetting the Lakers in what, 03 or 04. Um, But this Miami team is nowhere near as talented in terms of individual talent as that Pistons team. We love to knock that team. We being most casual fans, but, you know, there were Hall of Famers on that team, and there was still talent just because 
it was in an ugly era of the NBA and because you didn't have any flashy stars, there was still some very, very good players on that team. This Miami team has good players and maybe Bam Adebayo can be a very, very good player um, someday and is already very good now. And Jimmy Butler, obviously the best of that group, but it's not the level of talent that you had on that Pistons team that upset the Lakers. So if Miami can win this, I do wonder if we see any changes and if we see any copycat uh, going on in the league moving forward where you're, you're obviously going to have that segment of teams and we know the ones that do it every year. Coincidentally, Miami is one of those teams that are going to be shooting for the superstars and trying to get superstar team-ups. But I do wonder if there's going to be another smaller portion of the league where you know we've seen teams copy the Warriors or at least try to replicate that and become three-point shooting teams. If you look at it and you say, how can we do this? Where we're maybe a market or a team where we either don't have a superstar or star or don't feel we can attract one. How can we do what Miami did? And if the Heat are able to beat the Lakers, there's a chance we could see some changes we didn't expect this offseason going forward. I think it's a chance. I do also think, I mean, I just look at this Miami team right now and it just feels like an absolute perfect storm of everything, whether it was um, the acquisitions they made, uh, great drafting that we've obviously spoke about, particularly with Bam and Tyler Hero, who's just playing out of this world right now, Uh, Duncan Robertson. So, I mean, it's just a great organization. And I think that that uh, is going to be uh, the biggest sticking point for anyone else trying to go down that path. If you don't have a great organization, which, you know, there's only a handful that are in, in that caliber, then it's going to be, uh, very difficult to pull pull that off. But uh, I just thought, you know, Justin, I, I just thought it was worth talking about LeBron and Giannis. And again, it's not to compare and say, is Giannis going to be as good as LeBron when it's all said and done? That's ridiculous. That's not the conversation we're having. But just watching LeBron close out that series, couldn't help but think about Giannis, couldn't help but think the path that he's been on to get to this point, everything that he has achieved to really be on par with where LeBron was at that point again, uh, keeping in mind that the developmental curve is just so, so, so different. And uh, and what could be next? And I think that that's the exciting thing. And it's always just a, it's just a nice reminder to uh, think about the fact that at age 25, LeBron didn't have a championship either. He'd only been to the NBA Finals once. Admittedly, Giannis hasn't yet. But uh, just, uh, just a reminder, if he signs this extension, which we all hope he does, brighter times are ahead, we hope. Yeah, but on the flip side, at uh, age, what, 19 or 20, Tyler Hero may have his first NBA championship. So well, yeah, maybe Giannis we're his hit- brother might as well. So uh, that's, <laughs> that, that might cause some problems within the family. I'm not so sure. Yeah, so, so for the record, you're saying Giannis is not as good as LeBron. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, right now, uh, it's, 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 it would be hard to make that case. He's, he's certainly a better regular season player at this point. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but again, in the playoffs, we're seeing and we saw uh, LeBron. It was it was pretty ridiculous to watch. And uh, whether you like him or you don't like him, or there's certain things about him you don't like, you have to respect him. It's it's been incredible. It's been incredible to live through this era. The one thing I always say with Michael Jordan is, and the last dance was great. I was able to sort of get some sort of a glimpse into what that was like. But I didn't live through that era. I wasn't watching games uh, back then as a five, six, seven year old and and younger. Uh, so to sit through and literally watch LeBron from a rookie to this point now, it's been remarkable. Yeah, I still remember watching LeBron's first game on uh, ESPN that rookie season where it was against the Kings at the old Arco Arena. And to think, 
you know, not only is he still doing it 17 years later, but doing it to the level that he is where in year 17, we're talking about a guy who, you know, maybe was robbed of an MVP and now is on the cusp of another championship and his 10th appearance in the finals is just amazing. Yes. Uh, LeBron back to the finals again uh, for, as a Bucks podcast. Uh, we, are, of course, are very jealous about that. We wish that the Bucks were there, but they're not. But uh, we certainly hope uh, next season is the one for Milwaukee. And we know, and the great thing about it is that we're even sitting here having a conversation about a Milwaukee player and LeBron friggin' James. And uh, I think that that's the cool thing. Sometimes you have to remind yourself about that, how fortunate we are to have Giannis. And uh, just a quick note before we finish, Frank Madden, uh, not with us tonight. Uh, I think that he is... Um, he had other things on his mind tonight. Let's just say that. Uh, Rocky Rococo's finally got back to him on social media. Uh, Frank got his source delivered. And uh, I think it's, it's been one of the greatest days in his life uh, so far today, uh, cooking pizza and eating that sauce. And to top that off, Rocky Rococo's is sending him a case of the sauce. Frank will be back. Uh, I'm not... Whenever Frank's on the podcast next, I don't even know if we're going to talk basketball. Frank might not be able to control himself. He might just be talking about Rocky Rococo's the whole time. There's no guarantees. Well, I saw that tweet too. And not only a case of the sauce, they are also sending him uh, coupons for his next visit to Wisconsin to enjoy Rockies for free. So um, I'm hoping maybe Frank can coordinate something where the three of us can go to Rockies and it's comped. That'd be great. But yeah, what a day for Frank. Big day. Big day for Wisconsin sports and big day for Wisconsin pizza shops. Uh, Frank, uh, going to sleep very happy tonight. But Justin, it's always great to catch up. Uh, It was interesting. When I text you this, I said, I think we'll have enough to talk about. We'll just ramble and see where it takes us. Uh, Again, kind of a fun chat and a fun chat to be able to even mention Giannis and LeBron together and discuss the possibilities moving forward. But I appreciate you coming on. Anytime. And it's Again, we we started talking about the eight seed perennial eight seed bucks <laughs> and naming your favorite players off that squad. To even have a conversation where it's not just "woe is me" and thinking about everything that went wrong this season and what do the Bucks need to do to be a six seed next year, just shows you how far this franchise has come. That's what happens when the Brewers uh, backdoor their way into an eighth seed in the postseason. It just gets me feeling all positive, and I had to talk about the uh, the good things that are coming for the Milwaukee Bucks, but we will be back tomorrow. Frank might be, or he might be still eating. We don't know what's up with that, but if he is back, uh, we'll speak to you then. I'll certainly be here. Stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow.